It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, welcome to Carton Blue. My name is Dan Rowlands, and we're here today for the post-match reaction to the Newcastle game, which happened uh, 14 hours ago as we're recording this video at two o'clock on Monday afternoon. It was midnight last night for us in the UK and 7 p.m. kickoff for you, John, in Philadelphia. Uh, how are you? How's things? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, for, is that right? 14 hours ago? It feels like five hours ago. I really enjoyed it, actually. Really good game. Played at really good tempo. And the stadium was really cool, um, 67,000, 40,000 in attendance. So there was quite a lot of empty seats, but the atmosphere was still really good. Um, yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience. It's quite a vast difference, really. So the, the last post-match show we did was the Warsaw game. It was very much like a two sides, loads of kids, nothing really happened. Let's yeah. just kind of get through it. But this is it was an interesting game. There was a lot going on, lots of kind of talking yeah. points. And we're going to go through those this afternoon in, in 20 minutes or so. I know you've got to check out of your hotel and get a flight to Orlando. It's, it's all go, isn't it, at this, this pre-season tour for you? I know you've barely slept. You were sending work like messages into our group chat and, and work back for us to process at like 7, 7.30 a.m. here at our time. So that was what yeah. half two in the morning, three in the morning. Like you've got to get some sleep as well. You got to keep you know look after yourself. Yeah. Got my Gatorade. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but while you while you mentioned that, we had a comment come through on that a couple actually on the last one we did the the USA chat from a few days ago saying we need like regular updates from John from like the lifestyle side of things as well. So <laughs> how's your, how's the food going? How's how's your wallet going? He's still still annoyed about that. Yeah, I've got a receipt here. Um... <laughs> Gatorade, muffins, croissant, and chicken, which was fifteen dollars. And that's wow. the chicken. Oh, it's a box. Like God, that looks sad, yeah. doesn't it? I love that at the airport. So looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy expensive. <laughs> Seriously, and then I'm going to Orlando. This is Philadelphia. Going to Orlando, and I don't expect it to be any cheaper out there. So let's talk about Newcastle. Then let's get into the game and some of the talking points from it. A three-three draw, a thriller <laughs> with the Villa in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villadelphia, I've seen people calling it by the way on social media for the kind of Aston Villa takeover some great clips being sent back from you and other fans as well so it looks like a really really good atmosphere over there yeah. um, so many passionate fans like we said on, on the last catch up we did when we lose a pre-season game we say oh it's only pre-season if we draw a win you still have to caveat it with it's only pre-season but you know it has thrown up a couple of uh, interesting points before we get into those what was your kind of overall reaction to, to the game? Yeah I felt really positive about it actually um on the face of it, free freeze probably sounds like a game that was very open, which it was, but also a game that Villa didn't control or they made a lot of mistakes in. But apart from a couple of the goals uh, that we did concede, I thought we actually played very well. Um, mm. We were full value for the 2-0 after 11 minutes before the water break, which came on the 25th minute, I think, or the 23rd minute. 
we could have been 4 0 up, like we were carving Newcastle wide open. Asked Eddie Howe after the game about that water break. So that would that was a key turning point because then minutes after that, Newcastle um, scored their equaliser, which was a bit of a sloppy goal from Villa. It was literally a ball mm, over the top, top or around, around yeah, around Villa's defence really, um, and a late run from uh, Elliot Anderson. So a sort of goal that Villa haven't conceded really under Emery. And again, spoke to Emery after the game, and he, that was basically one of the key mistakes that he thought Villa made. Was yes, they played the high line, but a couple of times they did get caught out. But yeah, that water break was key because Villa could have been three or four up when um, McGinn yeah. was running was running riot. It's basically Villa were playing a system where Philogene would be playing very wide on the right, which allowed McGinn to occupy space um, more centrally, right next to Watkins, because. Paul Dummett, who I'm surprised was starting or even playing for Newcastle anymore. He was being dragged out to Philogene, so there's a big hole there and then Tonali has to run backwards, which he didn't want to do. It worked really well in terms of a system for Villa, especially in the first 25. And then Howell changed there slightly and sort of um, mitigated what Villa were doing. Um, yeah, really enjoyable game. It's a shame Villa couldn't win, but ultimately it doesn't matter. I was I was more just very happy that Villa have got a proper run out there. Like it was... Yeah. You could tell that um, they put a lot into it, which is that's exactly what you need from these games. If we lost 3-0 and that was still the game and we didn't take our chances, for example, I'd still be happy with it because that's what we need. We've said that before about the way we play with the high line. You are going to get caught out from time to time and you are going to make yeah. mistakes in pre-season because players are rusty. For a lot of these players that played yesterday or last night for us, it was their first game back, wasn't it? Like Martinez and the internationals that have come back. So you're going to expect some mistakes here and there. And like you said, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I just find it so interesting to watch, even in a pre-season game. It's just nice to see Unai Ball back, back in action, isn't it? And kind of going through the motions of the way we play there is how we will play during the season. It's none of this nonsense of last season's pre-season when Stephen Gerrard was changing things up and Ollie Watkins played every single game and then the first game of the season comes around and Danny Ng starts. Like, no, nothing like that's going to happen un- under Emery. How we're playing here is preparing us for the new season and that's how it should be. And even like Emery himself after the game in the presser, like I, w- I was up very early this morning with the baby so I was kind of like on your time zone as well. So you were sending me the, the quotes of like ev- every word Emery said thing. I was, I was reading through yeah. that and he was like, I think you said something like, um, you know, what went wrong today? And he's like, we conceded three goals. Like we need to fix that. We need to do this. We need to do that. But most people just think, well, it's three goals in a friendly. It's a three or draw. Two of those probably were avoidable goals, which again, mm-hmm. these things happen. I'd rather they yeah. didn't, but they do. But for Emory to be like, now we need to cut that out. We need to sort this. We need to start that. The guy's just a perfectionist, isn't he? And that's who you want in charge of your football. Yeah, he'll, he'll be given, or he probably gave um, the treatment of that game as much analysis as much as analysis yeah. is what he would when we play Newcastle in a couple of weeks time at St. James's to open the season so he'll be going to Orlando probably having already analysed that and is working up strategies to go for the next game against Fulham really encouraging um, first game because there was a lot that we've learnt from it and in terms of fitness as well which is Emery did say that as well like we although we like to analyse and we like to do different tactical things the key point is fitness and that is going to be key for the whole season because we're going to play potentially in excess of 50 games next season if we go deep in the Conference League or the other competitions. That team that we, we fielded to start the game, obviously with, with Philogene in there as well, and we'll talk about him in a second, yep. you go, that's Villa's strongest available side at the moment. It doesn't include Paul Torres, doesn't include Yuri Tielemans, Mr. Diaby also isn't in there. You'd think as a straight swap, Diaby comes in for Philogene, uh, who has been very good in pre-season, by the way, and he will get his own segment in a sec. But being able to add those three into what was already 
a good squad that achieved achieved something last season. It feels like we are going to be building up to having this bigger squad of, of better depth and, and higher quality as well. So, you know, there's still a lot of players in there that, that are kind of missing and could still either obviously leave or come back and, and, and contribute towards the squad. And I kind of want you to run through those quickly for people that maybe feel a little bit out of the loop. So Sansom was in the US, but he's probably about to leave. Dendonka, Bailey and Coutinho aren't there at the moment, or Coutinho didn't play yesterday. Where is John Duran? And what's the situation with Jacob Ramsey and Alex Moreno? We obviously know they're injured, but what's the kind of time scale? So we start with um, Sanson, who wasn't in the squad, but he was obviously named in the travelling team, as was mm-hmm. Dendonka, Bailey and Coutinho, and none of those were in the team um, yesterday. So Sanson, yeah, he's close to leaving. Um, that should be probably be confirmed in a matter of hours or days. So I presume he's flying back or has already flown back. Coutinho was training alone over the last couple of days. I think that's due to fitness and he will be available or should be available to play against Fulham on Wednesday. So as of today, I presume he'll be training with the group again. Uh, Dendonka was missing from the squad, even though he was named in the travelling team because he's just become a father. So he's at home. Uh, in Birmingham. So Leon Bailey was uh, playing for Jamaica in the Gold Cup uh, only a couple of weeks ago, so he was kind of given a bit of an extended break. So he didn't travel with the squad straight away. Uh, he will link up with the team on Thursday. So right. link, links up on Thursday, then he has Friday, Saturday, and then the game's on Sunday. So still worthwhile, I think, to come over. It's It sounds late in the day sort of thing in, in terms of the US tour, but that's only the morning after the Fulham game. So John Duran's fitness again. Um, he had an injury over pre-season and he won't be coming to the USA but Emery hopes that once Villa have returned to Bodymore then he'll be fit enough to train with the group again so that's okay. Durand's um, availability and I think that's most of those guys and then the obvious ones that we know about Alex Moreno and Jacob Ramsey so Moreno Emery says that it will be the closest point of return will be uh, mid-August but most likely possibly the, uh, the start of September uh, maybe after the international break he's kind of pinpointing after the international break. I think it's Palace at home, I think. Jacob Ramsey and Alex Moreno should both be available for that one. And Bertrand Traore as well, who we forget sometimes. Um, he wasn't named in the travelling squad because he got an injury over the international break as well. He will be back in about three weeks, mid-August time. So maybe just after the season starts, he might miss the first game. Yeah, I think that's it. On John Townley's injury update, you know, players yeah. are missing update. Where are they? Um, it's a bit like where's Wally, isn't it? Moment with some of these players, yeah. it's, a, it's a massive list, and we've we've talked about yeah. this before. There's going to be players that leave Aston Villa this summer that you kind of, I, I, I said ages ago, I think that you know, in Sky Sports, are like they're ins and outs. There might be ten outs on the Villa side of things, but yeah. I don't think many of them will have con- contributed many match minutes last season. Courtney Hawes, Keenan yeah. Davis, Morgan Sanson, people like that. Nakamba's obviously already gone to Luton. It's not like we're losing three or four players that were featuring last season and we need to replace. These are players that have to go for the sake of squad size, their own career, FFP, if we dare mention it, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of keeping the squad neat and tidy and get rid of some of those guys, maybe bring another couple in, that kind of thing. I'm saying yeah. we need to sell to buy. Just, you know, you've got to kind of manage your squad, haven't you, when you've got a lot of players that, that basically aren't contributing. Back to the game. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. 
It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Emmy Buendia is probably the standout for me. I think he was given the man of the match on Sky after, after the game. Two goals and an assist. Besides that, though, I wanted to cut and find some stats of him if I could, but I've, I don't think any of the stats are just cover preseason, sadly. Yeah. Um, but he had a he had a very good game. And I said this to you before we started. I don't know whether I'm just imagining it. You were there, so I'm hoping that you can maybe see things slightly differently. And if anyone else agrees with me, do let, let us know in the comments. He seemed bigger to me, like stronger. Not like I know he's put weight on over the summer kind of thing, but like a, he's been in the gym and he looks more physical, more ready. Wendy absolutely absolutely bodies Denali. Welcome to the Premier League. Yeah. Brackets summer series for, for Denali. <laughs> <laughs> and plays, plays the ball <laughs> through to, to what but he, the way he runs with the ball, he just seemed more yeah. like, I don't know, more like solid. I can't really describe it. Is that, is that, is that the way you feel? Or yeah, are you so busy doing other things that you didn't really notice? <laughs> the second bit too, yeah. <laughs> bit too. He has that low centre of gravity, doesn't he, that already helps him to um, beat players. Obviously, we know he's diminutive, so he, he can wriggle past players, but we haven't seen that too often since he's joined mm. because Ivory gets crowded out and he doesn't really have much space to go, so he just has to offload the ball when he can and play through ball things like that but to see him have the opportunity to run at players and get beyond them and work in space because that's what Wendy's best quality is it's to utilize space and he's deadly when he has the opportunity to find a through ball or to find a killer pass and things like that and that's exactly what he did against Newcastle Emery after the game mentioned that it was like a perfect performance in terms of what he wanted from Wendy like tactically mm. um he wanted him to prop uh, to sorry pick up those dangerous positions or pockets between the midfield and defence that um, those you know between those lines and he did that really well uh, the Tonali goal uh, sorry Tonali goal <laughs> the Ollie Watkins goal when he brushed past Tonali that's your case in point isn't it Dan it, it's beating a player it's, it's using his power because he's he comes across as he is strong for a player of his size and you get that with South American players sometimes like a bit like a bulldog sort of that was a really good goal uh, had the peace of mind as well to lay off to Watkins. His first goal as well, really good finish, almost identical to that uh, Everton goal in some ways. And yeah, the pass, really from Louise, pass from Louise, pass from Louise was mustard as well. Like look, honestly, I was watching Louise, and it's just ace. Like seriously, I think he's becoming a really good football. Like no, that's he was a good footballer before, but like a seriously top midfielder under Everton. Yeah. I can see that happening. Like I know it's only pre-season, but just some of the touches he, he was taking, and I don't know if it's. Maybe being stupid, but when you watch him live, you just have a better appreciation for the touches that he makes. Was was he starting Bruno Gimaraes? I believe he was, but I didn't notice him. But there was a much better Brazilian in midfield, and it was Louise. I know we're talking about Buendia, but just a shout out to Louise because I thought he was excellent. And again, it's only pre-season, but he's he just oozes class at the moment, and he seems to be going to another level again. And again, mm-hmm. it's only basing off more soul on um, last week and then today, but he's definitely got levels that he can go to still when he's only what 25 it's yeah, um, ridiculous quite scary really talk to me about Philogene a little bit also had a very good preseason so far and again he's one that uh, has definitely kind of developed physically in the last 12 months or so he looks uh, 
quite a unit now, I, I think. Had a really good spell last year out on loan at Cardiff as well. I think they'd like him back if they could. I'm not sure whether that will happen or not. But when we're kind of doing these videos where we assess the squad, it's kind of like Cameron Archer, Aaron Ramsey, Timmy Ibrun, and what happens to those? And you kind of, Philogene goes under the radar a little bit, I think, in, in that kind of group. He looks like one that actually might be able to possibly stick around and do a job. Now, obviously, the, the sign of Moussa Diar by playing in similar positions, at least, makes you think, well, he's probably not going to get a look in when Dia, Bailey, DRB, Traore, possibly. Philogene is obviously the youngest, so the, the he's down low on the pecking order, isn't he? That's just natural. So it's in this weird kind of limbo thing of, does he get another championship loan or a low-end Premier League loan and see what he can do at that level and then come back to Villa in 12 months' time? Or is it a case that Villa need to kind of cash in if, the, if there's offers there? It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But I think if Villa weren't so... Again, I think we've talked about this before, that if Villa were... 15th 14th and that was their level they're always going to be in that bottom kind of section of the Premier League you could probably blood these youngsters through because you're not competing at the likes of signing somebody like Diaby but Villa have progressed so quickly compared to where their academy is that these guys probably aren't going to get a chance in the first team regularly obviously Jacob Ramsey is the exception to the rule there but those players don't come around so often do they so Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from Philogene so far on the tour and what you think his kind of future could be. That kind of proved your point, Dan, because Jacob Ramsey was came was coming through sorry under Dean Smith when Villa well, were yeah. Yeah. you know, safe um from relegation. It was obviously the year after and it allowed him to have that platform. And yeah, it's difficult at the moment because um can these players start in the Premier League? We'll never know until it happens. But um there is a pathway and Emery is open to using his players like he didn't have to give Amari Kellyman 45 yeah, minutes that's against true, yeah. Newcastle he could have played um, a more senior forward it looks physically more developed I noticed that in the Warsaw game the press box mm. is quite close to the pitch and you, again just seeing it live you, you, you get an appreciation for how these players are developing yeah really positive again he, he had Matt Target and dummy on strings at some points he, he flip-flapped the uh, target like nutmegged him didn't get the ball on the other side because I think he was fouled to be honest um, but the ref didn't give it. But yeah, really encouraging. Um, he very quick. McGinn would always hold up the ball in, towards the middle of the pitch, spin someone, of course. And then he'd always look for Philogene. He was racing down the right wing and more often than not, he'd find him. Sometimes the, the final ball wouldn't be spot on, but you, you know that's not criticism yet. So yeah, really encouraging from Philogene. And I'm glad that he's taken or taking the opportunity, it seems. Um, I asked Emery after the game, is he like working his way into his thoughts now ahead of the new season and he mentioned that they're going to basically decide obviously in the coming weeks and um which is nothing that we didn't know already but i think there's no doubt that philly jane is certainly impressing him because again he was the one who started um against newcastle he started against Walsall and played a fair chunk of that game he's taking his chance at the moment which is what you want from um your younger players and he's getting to an age now where he's not so much a youngster anymore he's 21 you know does he need another loan in the championship there's obviously a lot of interest from a number of clubs in him to take him on loan um or to Villa use him in their squad but as you say Bertrand Troyero Villa have at the moment what's gonna happen with him I'm not too sure but Emery did say he expects him to be back in mid-August so Diaby's there Buendia's there Bailey's there of course so there's there's a lot of volume Traffic. in that department again he's playing the game and he's taking the opportunity so fair play to him talk to me a little bit about Torres and Tielemans then both come on in the second half um, Torres played the second half in its entirety Tielemans came on on what 60th minute or something like that from the top of my head mark, yeah. not really enough football to, to, for you to sit in for me to ask you like for a scouting report how did they do it in detail but 
general first impressions? What did you, what did you think having seen them in the flesh? So Torres played almost like a sweeper at some uh, some points. Obviously Villa were playing high line, but once we did sort of retreat a little bit, Carlos is obviously the much more of the much more aggressive um, as a defender than Torres is. Mm. Uh, a bit rusty, Torres Carlos. Even... By the way, a little bit, a little bit rash in, in some moments. I thought. Yeah, and it's his second appearance, isn't it, or yeah, third yeah. appearance maybe since uh, Everton. So Torres's game at Villarreal was to be the almost like the sweeper. He's deceptively quick because he's got <laughs> he's got long legs and he can because he's only got a run for you know the distance between halfway in the heart halfway in that um, in his. Sorry, because he's only got a run halfway. Do you know what I'm trying to say? He hasn't yeah, got like a long. He's kind of covering through. short distances. Yes, exactly. So he can yeah. make up um, those yards with his long legs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, Torres would sweep around. He when he played for Spain as well, and he played with Sergio Ramos. That was the same dynamic. So he's a very intelligent player, and I think it's one of those where I'd I'd, I'd watch him build it from the back. And there's almost not much to say about it, but that's a good thing because mm. you, at no point was there any rush. At no point was there any sloppy passing. And by the way, I thought Tyrone Mings did it exceptionally well as well in the first half. Very cool and composed. Yeah. Um, but likewise, Torres, there was no. Uh, there was just nothing to talk about, which is in him building from the back. But that's that's what you want. You don't want to be. If that's the case, then Villa have um, built up well. Taylor's as well. A couple of um, a couple of moments where you just thought, well, that's you know quality in terms of taking mm. the ball, receiving it. Similar like similar to Louise. Sorry, um, first time passes, knowing where players are, just just intelligent, and you can see that quality um, even from you know twenty minutes. Just the way he takes the ball and moves it and he's got a bit of swagger about him as well he's not particularly quick but he can just evade a challenge I think he had yeah. like the third most I think he recorded the third highest successful take on percentage in the Premier League last season and he did that a couple of times just wriggling past a player and somehow winning a free kick he's got that about him again not too much to write home about him over the coming um, weeks we'll, we'll know more about these players but Certainly two top editions. Yeah, we could go on and on here all afternoon. I think Ollie Watkins scoring back-to-back games. It's nice to see Omar Kellyman coming on and, and looking really nice as well. It's his shot, wasn't it, for for Wendy's second goal to tap in that the keeper saved really, onto the post. Looked really lively. Really positive from Amari yeah. Kellyman against Walsall. It was the same. He was trying things. Not everything would come off, um, but he was trying it. So he's confident, which is great mm. for his age. Yeah, he played the full forty-five. Sorry, the full forty. The, the full second half. Um, played in that role, 
sort of off the striker where McGinn was playing and had some really good touches. He impacted the game straight away, picking up the ball, playing it to Philogene. Philogene plays it back to him. He hits the post from a really good save, actually, by the Bravka. So I'm sure he'd be a bit frustrated he didn't get his goal. And Buendia tapped in. But then moments later uh, in the second half, when it was 3 all because Newcastle equalised pretty quickly after Villa scored their third. The ball comes to Kelly Munn and he takes a fantastic first touch to even give himself the opportunity to run in on goal and he uh, couldn't quite finish past Dubravka and then the mm. rebound came, came to him and he probably had a million things running through his head and he, I think he took it past him again uh, but the finish was a bit too weak so he got cleared off the line. But he would have been good about that because you know, waking up this morning you, you could have had your name on a score sheet of a summer series game. Um, <laughs> That's what we all want, isn't no, it? <laughs> And I spoke to Emery after the game. Obviously, he looked like he really enjoyed him, really enjoyed himself. And he mentioned that he was brilliant. Some of the touches he was doing, yeah, the way that he handled the ball, I think, was uh, really impressive. I, I, I wish I pushed Emery to ask about, like, tactically, did he, did he kind of get your ideas? Because if he was doing that at the age of seventeen and he's fitting in already to his system and things like that, we know Amari Kellyman is not going to be playing uh, twenty Premier League games next season. But it's just having that capability to adapt to those systems and if he's even if he's understanding Emery's methods at his age mm. um you know a year after leaving school that's the sign of an exceptional player even though we, he's got the quality on the pitch but it's all for Emery half the half the job is um you know fulfilling his demands in terms of tactics so mm. that's an interesting one which I might ask him um tomorrow so when we spoke and did our first pre-season catch-up there in the US when was that was Saturday Sunday afternoon whenever it was so Saturday afternoon we were kind of saying like the tour's not really kicked off yet there's a few Villa fans around but nothing's really kind of happening at the moment because we've not even played a game so we have played a game now you've been to one nice stadium you spoke to an Emery twice before the game and after it you've done an interview with somebody that we can't really talk about yet but that should hopefully be coming soon and you've seen loads of other fans there as well and sent some great footage back for us to use on, on our socials and stuff so things have kicked off now so I've got two questions to end are you enjoying it? Like, are you having fun over there? Because I know you're yeah, working yeah. really hard. It's really, it's a really like long days that you're doing like I can tell doing this and I'm sure people watching can tell that you're tired. I'm trying to wait all oh, <laughs> around. You're like you're trying to get your points out and stuff. No, you're you're offering great value to the podcast, but I can tell you yeah. if you're not late, no, you're yeah. up early, and, I, and we all appreciate the, the stuff you're putting in. I know it's difficult. You're out there on your own, effectively. You're living off roast chicken out of a tub <laughs> and croissants. <laughs> like it's not the best way to live. But you're a young man. I just wanted to check in that you're okay and you're enjoying things. Yeah, it's not it's not particularly glamorous at some points. Yeah, really enjoying it. Just from a professional point of view, really. Um, getting to go to these stadiums and trying to find your way to the press box in a <laughs> massive stadium. Again, it's like obviously a privilege to cover Villa and you get some fans come up to you and say thanks for all the work you're putting in and things like that. But it's like, nice. it's like at no point is this a chore at all. Like I'm just following Villa around America. Like there's no, um, you know, it's not hard. It's not hard work. It's hard work, but it's not work for me. It, it's yeah, like, I don't it, you know, you completely... As I say, it's a privilege to do it. So, and I'm sure there's a million people who'd like to do this, the um, job that I've been doing over the last few days. So, yeah, long may it continue. And meeting fans and stuff, you've got people from Canada, um, Texas. This is just yesterday. Other places in America, Boston, like all over, you know, saying that they like the podcast and, you know, keep up the work, the good work and things like that, which is really nice. Um, like Ash last year in Australia, like when fans say that, when they're, so far away from them. I mean, Australia is obviously much further, but the support that they have for Villa is 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 not watered down compared to a fan that lives a stones throw away from Villa Park. If that makes sense. They they love Villa, and 
for them to come to these places, honestly, it means the world to them. Like the amount of people who've only seen Villa once or not at all in their lifetime. Yeah, um, I don't know. You're like fully grown adults, like Villa through and through, saying, "Oh, it's going to be the first time I'm going to watch them tomorrow." And it's mental. It's just a preseason game, like I say, just. But for them, it's massive. Um, and also, they're, they're, these just, are the guys that you know we're not used to in the UK to staying up till midnight. Oh yeah, or getting yeah, up at yeah. five AM to watch a game, whatever it is. That the people that support a Villa from afar, I don't like the questioning of yeah. you've got to have been to the stadium to be a proper fan, or you've got to have a, a B something postcode to be respected in the area from you know rival fans. Or if you don't live yeah. in the city, blah blah blah, all that. They're the ones that are putting in the hard yards for for our job as well to connect with them in terms of a podcast and all the other really good podcasts that Villa. Uh, fans produce and all the content that goes out it's you know to be a part of that community is um you know it's it's good because as i say the fans that are out here who can't come to games we're trying to bring them a bit closer to it hmm. yeah, yeah again it's it's not the same as them watching villa every weekend but if we can help do that then that's um that's that's job done really and that would be a nice nice place to end but the last thing i wanted to ask is about um like what's next so when are you traveling and where to yeah. when's the next game like we all know it's Wednesday night, I think, for us. Wednesday night. <laughs> we, all know. we all know when it is, but when is it? Uh, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday morning, midnight again, yeah. isn't it? So just talk through <laughs> what's the plans. Are you speaking to Emery again you know, in terms of the content? Are we going to do another show before? Yeah, so flying to Orlando later today, so Monday night. Emery press conference tomorrow, uh, Tuesday afternoon, which will be Tuesday evening for UK time so maybe the quotes will come in the morning of the Wednesday Wednesday 7 o'clock US time is the Fulham game at Orlando at the Exploria Stadium 25,000 capacity it's the stadium that Orlando FC used and then it's back to Washington after that for Villa's final game which is on the Sunday in Maryland which is only about a half an hour drive from Washington against Brentford that's a 12 o'clock midday kickoff here but 5 p.m at UK time so that's more reasonable for UK fans and there'll be a press conference with Emery on Saturday yeah really looking forward to the next few days all right John (laughs) that'll do us thank you very much for your your time as always I know it's pretty early over there so thanks for jumping on Uh, you're working basically 24 hours at the moment uh, thanks for everyone yep. watching along with us on YouTube or listening on Spotify. Uh, get involved in the comments section and let us know your thoughts on the Newcastle game. And uh, if you want to send well wishes to John, I'm sure he'll appreciate it and that'll keep him going when he's uh, eating chicken out of the tub. I'll hopefully catch up with you again on Tuesday or Wednesday, but if not, it'll be Thursday afternoon around the same time as this for the post-match Fulham show. Get my head around the time zones in a minute. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you again very soon.